Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Nehemiah chapter 8, got one scripture today, 8 verse 10, Nehemiah 8 verse 10. Thanks, brother. 8 verse 10. Hallelujah. If you're new with us today, I want you to know, in case you don't know by now, we love to worship. (laughs) We love to worship. We love to praise because we love the presence of God. Amen. Verse 10 says, then he said, this is Nehemiah. We've been in this series for a while, and this is going to actually tie in in the next coming weeks about the birth of Christ. Nehemiah does. It's it's amazing what God is going to do here. But today, very special service. This is, I want us to listen to the scripture. Nehemiah is telling the people they've been working, they've been rebuilding the city, rebuilding the walls, and they're, they're kind of tired, but work is almost done. And he stands up in verse 10 and he said to them, go your way, eat and eat the fat, which is the best of the meat. Drink the sweet, that's sweet wine. It's unfermented wine. And send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. Help those that don't have any food uh, this time of year. And he's telling them to, to go and be able to celebrate as a family. That's why it's sweet wine. It's the best of food. He wants the children, the pregnant women, the moms, everyone to be together in this feast and to celebrate what God has done. And then he says, do not sorrow. Look how he gets, he, it's a choice. It's a choice. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Did you catch that? The joy of the Lord is your strength. We've been able to build, we've been able to rebuild this city. In other words, you've been able to get this far in your Christian journey because of the strength that God has given you through the joy of the Lord. When the joy of the Lord was taken from David because of his sin, he said his bones even ached. And he said, oh God, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Then I will tell others about your ways. You see the connection between being strong. When you're not strong in your faith, man, you don't feel like doing anything, let alone worship God or tell anybody or serve or do anything. But when you get strong in the Lord and you are strong and you stand strong in the Lord. The word came forth today to stand strong. Where's that strength come from? Nehemiah tells us 4,000 years ago, comes from the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray your blessing on our time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen, amen. Go ahead and be seated today. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord. I want you to see that that's, that's a little phrase that is you're going to find throughout the whole Bible. I know the holiday season is usually... It's the happiest season and the happiest time of year. How, how many Christmas people we got here today? Amen. You love Christmas. I see some of your pictures on Facebook. Some of you have been counting down since June, Donna. Amen. You ought to be standing with both hands in Jesus' name. Amen. I love Christmas too. Y'all can have the snow, but I like the lights in Jesus' name and the food and the get together and, and all of that. Amen. Uh, Christmas is happy. It's a great time. And they're saying this year that there are more people for whatever reason looking forward to the holiday season than ever before. Um, and, and the statistics are out there. People really uh, are excited 
excited. But however, the Christmas season and the holiday season of Thanksgiving and, and all of that uh, sometimes can be very difficult for people. I realize that. Uh, I had a funeral to do just yesterday of a 44-year-old man in my old neighborhood. I grew up with him, and he just died suddenly. He just got back from deer hunting and, and just passed away suddenly. It just was very rough on the whole family. Just, they're going into their holiday season like this, and many of you may have experienced something like that. It's holidays for you as a reminder of a lost loved one. Uh, I remember as a, when I was a little kid, dad would tell us all the time about his dad, my grandpa Markham, who I never met yet, man of God, who I will see in heaven, but he died on Christmas Eve when my dad was just 15 years old. I sent the family into a, a, all kinds of difficult times. And, but uh, the good news is, is that God has a remedy for the sorrow of this world. You say that again. God has a remedy for the sorrow and the suffering and whatever it is that, that may be uh, surrounding you this holiday season, the Christmas season, or, or any season. God has a remedy for it. It's all found throughout the Word of God, and it is called, in this little statement here, the joy of the Lord. I want you to see it. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is different than happiness. Happiness is very uh, conditional. It, 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 it's all contingent upon our earthly experiences and our material blessings. It's not all bad. I, I was happy for Thanksgiving when I sat down, and uh, we, even though we didn't have time to plan a great dinner, I didn't get a chance to deep fry my turkey. Hallelujah, but that's coming for Christmas. Anyway, but I was happy when I looked at all the other food that we had. Come on, it was amazing. And we got to sit down, and that brought a smile on my face. And then the lions played. And depression went. You see how, you see how conditional happiness is? And, and, and happiness is what we all experience. You know, we get, sometimes happiness can be uh, very selfish and self-centered. It's about you making me happy. In relationships, sometimes people kind of misunderstand the way God intended marriages is for you to devote your life to make the other one happy. And if you both do that, guess what? You're always happy. That was a five-minute marriage seminar in 30 seconds in Jesus' name. But happiness, we all know about happiness, but, and it's not all bad, as I said, but happiness is different than the joy of the Lord. Happiness is very conditional. It's very reactional. It reacts to situations. It reacts to, to whatever you give me. You give me a gift, I'm sad, but you give me a gift, therefore I react by being happy. It's very reactive. But I want you to get this today, that the joy of the Lord is proactive. It, it, is, it is proactive. I looked up, we all know the word proactive, but in case you forgot the actual meaning, meaning I love this, it means to create or control a situation rather than responding to it. I want you to get that. The joy of the Lord controls the situation rather than responding to it. Let me give you an example. There is, in this building, there are, there are thermostats throughout this building. The thermostat also has a thermometer, just like your house. The thermometer will tell you the temperature of the room. It simply just tells you the temperature of the room. The thermostat will control the temperature of the room. Happiness, when someone makes you happy, we're like a th thermometer. We'll tell you I'm happy. 
When circumstances are bad, we'll tell you that they're bad. A lot of times we act like a thermometer rather than a thermostat. The joy of the Lord God has given us to operate as a thermostat. In other words, when your situation should say it's 66 degrees, God has given you the ability to walk over to a building like this and touch a little knob on this building, and 35,000 square foot will totally be changed by simply pushing a couple of buttons. Come on, somebody. That's the joy of the Lord. That's exactly what you'll find throughout the Bible, where people were in situations where they should be depressed, they should be um, filled with anxiety and wanting to quit. All through the Word of God, you'll find God's people doing this. You'll find Paul in Acts chapter 16. He was beaten for preaching the gospel. He was, when I say he was beaten, they just didn't push him around. They beat the man with rods. They would do this, the Romans would do this because it would bruise your bone. Have you ever bruised a bone before? is very painful. You just touch it, and man, it just shoots pain throughout your body. They would beat you with rods purposely because it would bruise the bones. You would ache and be in pain for weeks and for months. The hospitals were nothing like we have today. They did that in Acts chapter 16 with Paul and Barnabas for preaching the gospel. For living for Jesus, they beat them with rods. They took their clothes off, they unrobed them, disrobed them like that to humiliate them in public. They put them inside of an inner prison. They chained them, but they forgot that Paul and Barnabas went thermometers, they were thermostats. Read it, read it. These were people just like you. This was before they heard the seven series of Joyce Meyer or, or Stephen Furtick. They didn't have any podcast to download. They didn't have any of that. They had no pastor to just show up and, and begin to give them an inspirational message. They had no vine. They had no book. They had no YouTube. They had nothing. But they did have the joy of the Lord. And your Bible says at midnight. Somebody say midnight. That's the darkest hour of the night. That's the worst that it can be. And all pain and all reason to quit. I mean, everything that they've, they've done it all for God. They're trying to serve God and they ended up in this situation. Have you ever done something that you thought was right and for God, but it ended up causing you more persecution and more suffering than you did if you wouldn't even have did it for God? Welcome to Christianity. Our emblem is a cross, by the way. One thing you'll never outgrow is suffering. I'm glad I came to church. You'll never outgrow sanctification, you'll never outgrow suffering, and you'll never outgrow serving. These are the three things that God has made sure that we will always grow in deeper levels of it. And what will help you get through all those levels is what Paul and Cyrus did. I love the story. The Bible says that at midnight, Paul and Cyrus begin, Silas begin to pray, and they begin to sing worship songs to the Lord. They didn't even have a screen. They didn't have the worship that we had today. Can you worship when you take all this away? I just want to ask you something today. I, w- I, wanna ch- I want you to check your heart today. Do you have the joy of the Lord, or you just have the happiness of the Lord? I, I-, I just want you to know there is a difference, because when you got the joy of the Lord, you can be at your bottomest level that you've ever been. Everybody turn their back on you and you're all by yourself and you're physically and spiritually and emotionally down, but if you will begin to stir up that gift that is within you and begin to lift your voice to God and begin to sing praises to the Lord, you will activate the joy of the Lord. What happened? The Bible says the, all the prisoners were listening. I love that. Man, I should have preached that today. I guess I am, Joe. Your Bible says this, and the prisoners were listening. Do you know people are listening and watching you to see how you're going to react to the situation that you are in right now? Especially when you say you're a Christian. 
They're going to be watching you like that thermostat. And they're going to say, hmm, I figured you'd be at 66 degrees because everybody else that's been through what you've been through is at 66 degrees. Everything else that you've been going on in your life, yeah, you're just like everybody else. You may go to church once a week, but you're 66 degrees. And you, God, God, please change. I don't want to be 66 degrees no more. God is saying, walk over to your thermostat. Walk over to your get up, arise. Even bought the t-shirt and still ain't doing it. Come on, somebody. Arise, arise. Walk over to that thermostat and begin to punch that baby up until you hear that unit begin to kick on. Come on, somebody. Is Tito here today? Come on. Hey, brother, he knows all about it. He's been up under his roof several times. Amen. And you stay up there until you hear the kick. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm not talking about air conditioners. I'm trying to help you today to, to rise above this depression and whatever it is that's trying to rob your joy, baby. You've got the joy of the Lord in your heart. Come on, give me praise. Come on, give me praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the joy of the Lord. That's the joy of the Lord that God's talking about in Scripture. You can have it at any time. Don't let your situations control you and bring you down. I want to show you quickly as I can, but if I don't finish it, I'll finish it next week. Amen. Because we need this joy more than just once a week. You need to learn how to do this as a lifestyle. So I looked at the message, and what I have found myself doing, I've been serving God for 22 years now, is I look at the Word of God, and I said, God, how, how did I, how are you sustaining me? How, so if I can understand it, that's what a pastor is supposed to do, is feed you. Someone gave me an awesome Christmas tree bulb, and it's got that Jeremiah, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Shepherds that will feed you with knowledge, and with understanding. And when I got that out the other day, I looked that back up, it kind of reminded me, that's my job. Not just give you knowledge, but a pastor is to give you knowledge with the understanding. I pray that before I preach every message. It's like, God, don't let me just get up there and read scripture. Anybody can do that. Help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to give them the understanding. So that's what, that's what I, I want to do in the next few minutes that we have. You're writing things down. You need to write this down. It begins with a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Lord, it begins, hear me, with a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In other words, you cannot get this outside of the Holy Spirit. Look at Psalm 1611. David said, you will show me the path of life in your presence. And where? In your presence is fullness of joy. That's that joy of the Lord. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. He says, in your, you, have, you have shown me the path. You know, that's Jesus' whole ministry. His whole ministry was to go around and to try to show people the correct path to take. God is trying to show some people, this is the path that you're supposed to take. That's my job as well, is to, is to try to get people to get on this path. I don't have any joy. Well, maybe you're on the wrong path. There is a path of life. Look at it. You will show me the path of life. Ezekiel says this. He says, oh, house of Israel, know that I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But why don't you turn to me and live? Why don't you turn to me and live? 
It's that simple. David is saying, you're going to show me the path of life, which leads to your presence. And in your presence is the fullness of joy. You cannot get the joy of the Lord without a relationship with the Lord. You, you got happiness, and happiness ain't all bad. This world is trying everything to stay happy. Every, they're legalizing, they're trying, the doctors in the medical community, they, they don't know what to do. They, everyone is just at wit's end. They don't know, know what to do. They don't know how to get people out. I've never seen so many people that are so, so depressed. And I mean, the children are now experiencing depression and anxiety. It's, it's like something that is it's an epidemic for real. And I'm telling you what the remedy is. The remedy is still the presence of God. I'm telling you, 22 years, and God has changed my life and has brought me out. As I told them yesterday, I haven't, I haven't relapsed one time. I haven't went back one time. It don't mean I'm better than you. I learned how to program my thermostat, baby. I've learned how to walk over there. Put some, some of y'all need to put some batteries in your thermostat. You need some power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. I want that thermostat to lock in your mind. Every time you go to work, when you go home today, when you go to turn it down tonight, you're going to think of this message. In Jesus' name. I'm telling you, this will bring you out. It's a relationship with the Lord. And then he says, your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The right hand signifies right standing. It's my blessing. In the Jewish ancient world, the right hand, and Steve, even to this day, when we went to Israel, they gave us a little pamphlet of um, cultural etiquette. How you are to treat, how do you are to behave in public over in Israel because it's not Michigan. Although I think we need to hand those pamphlets out sometimes in Michigan as well. Amen. Y'all ever been to Walmart? I'm just saying. You ever been to some places? Have you had some of them pamphlets? Anyway. And one of them was you don't pass uh, anything to anyone with the left hand. I mean, they still to this day regard the left hand as weak and, 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 and not good. The right hand is always uh, where your blessing is and strength. Strength. That's why the right hand is blessed. And when you bless your children, and you, I still bless my children. I've blessed them since I've gotten saved. I learned the power of the blessing. You put your hands on them, and you bless them, the right hand. But he's saying, when you are in right fellowship, because everyone hears me say relationship with God, you think that just simply may be a, a time that you think about God. No, a right relationship means that you're walking in the right way on the right path. Yes. Let me define that for us today. Because you can have a relationship, but it's not a good relationship. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I used to have a relationship with the law enforcement of Down River. Amen. They knew me by name. We have a wedding picture. When Melinda and I got married, we were walking across the street, and the police saw us walking into the VFW hall where we had the reception. He come flying over there, turned his lights on, jumped out of the car. I said, for real? You going to put me in jail on my wedding day? It was sastic. Officers, we knew each other on a first-name basis. He gets out, and he slaps us with handcuffs. And he goes, this is what marriage is all about, Eddie. <laughs> I had warrants. I laughed like that was the funniest joke. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I had a relationship with the police, but it wasn't good. Oh, man. You can have a relationship with God, but it doesn't mean you're on the right path is what I'm trying to say. When you're walking in the right path, David is saying, don't miss this. 
this is how you get a right relationship. And when you get walking in the ways of God, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. If, if we would, I, I, if I heard Dr. Dobson one time say years ago, he took a little highlighter and he went through his Bible and he highlighted the word if. And it totally changed his belief system. He realized that that little word if <laughs> is a game changer. He will keep you in perfect peace. How many want perfect peace? If you keep your mind on him. You see that? Throughout the word of God, it's all in there. All things work together for the good. If you love him and are called according to his purposes. I mean, you do that throughout the word of God and you'll find that they are conditional. It's the same thing that David is saying. He's saying that perfect peace, that, that joy of the Lord that is my strength. It is there when I am on the right path, when I am only in the presence of God, when I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. As Paul was in the inner circle of prison, he was able to get into what? The presence of the Holy Spirit. Hear what I'm saying today. Learn to depend upon the Holy Spirit. This will bring you out of any kind of depression you can imagine, out of anything that's trying to rob you of your joy. Is simply making time for the presence of God. Like what we did this morning. And wasn't that amazing to feel the presence of God in here to worship and praise Him? It's, ama it's awesome when we come together and we do it, but we can also have that every single day at home. Every single day at home, we can, we can have that with God. I want to encourage you. I know we haven't had life groups and, and, and a lot of ministry here recently, but don't let that give you an excuse to back off of your Bible reading and your time in the Word of God. We've got to get to the place where we can feed ourselves anyway. Come on, somebody. Where you're able to get into the presence of God yourself. Amen. Jesus' whole ministry, everywhere he went, he was trying to, the woman at the well, he told her, he said, if you only knew what I had to give you, if you only knew what I had to give you, you would be asking me for this rivers of living water that would be flowing out of you. If you only knew how good it was to serve God. I look at some people and I look, say, man, if I could take everything I know from this book that I have studied and I can just download it into you, it would change your life forever. And then God says, yeah, you can do it. It's right here. It's right here. It's in the Word. You got to eat it. You got to read it. You got to meditate on it. You got you to live it. You got to breathe it. If they cut you, you should cut scriptures. Come on, somebody. You, you got to learn to get into the word. Stay in the word. Read the word. Listen to the word. Meditate on the word. I'm trying to help us today. This is what brings the joy of the Lord. It's in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Number two, it's in believing the promises of God. Believing the promises of God. As you believe the promises of God and not just hear them, you will get strength. Watch this. Romans says in chapter 4 that Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was what? Strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham was 90-something years old, and God said, you're going to have children. Yeah, this was before... This was a totally different time. And he said, and what did he do? He did not waver. Waver means to stagger, means to hesitate. That's amazing. That's why he's called the father of faith. He didn't even hesitate. But he was, he was strengthened through believing that promise. 
When you read the word of God, you gotta get yourself a promise. You gotta get a promise, and then you gotta believe the promise. You don't just hear the promise, you gotta, gotta believe the promise. When you, when you believe the promise, it, you, are, you are committed to it, you, you believe it, therefore you receive all the benefits that come with it. Psalm 103 says, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and everything that is within you, and then forget not all his benefits. You don't get all of his benefits until you learn to surrender everything that is within you. Come on, somebody. Same thing with a relationship. When Melinda and I were dating, she didn't have a car, but I had a car. I had a little Mustang. It was metallic blue with chrome rims, dropped to the bottom, had the lights around it, tinted windows. Come on, somebody. Anyway, that was me. I heard me coming down High Street. That was, that was my whole dream is to have someone hear my radio a mile away. <laughs> Couldn't afford my rent, but I could buy my rims. I mean, that's just the way it was. Fast forward, mentor told me one time, he said, you spend all your money on, mentor, uh, on rims and you won't spend $13 for a book that'll change your life. You need to grow up, Eddie. That's what kind of mentor spoke into my life. Hey, man, I'm just saying. But you know what happened? When I, and I'd come and I'd pick her up. I'd go in to Mr. Mills and Mrs. Mills. Mrs. Mills loved me. Mr. Mills, he always looked at me, though. What's this little punk doing here? But I'd pick her up. I had a little bit of money. She had a little bit of money, always working, but I had a steady job. I had more money. But you know what happened? When she committed and she married me, she took my name. Guess what? Now she's got a little Mustang. Now she's got a little bit more money. Our problem is some of us are dating God and we won't marry God. And you're wondering, how come I don't have the rims or whatever it is? How come I don't have this peace? How come I don't have this joy of the Lord? I'm I'm trying to tell you today, you need to sign your name on the dotted line today. You need to say, I do, and only you, only will I live for you. I will worship you with everything that I have. Then I can say, I forget not all his benefits, who delivers me from tribulation, who heals my body, who sets me free, who gives me mind and peace and joy. Read Psalm 103. All those beautiful benefits, but they're for people that are us that are saying, hey, I'm going to be committed to the presence of the Lord. I wanted to talk a minute about heaven, but I don't have a lot of time. That's one of the, the biggest promises of God that will help you get through this life. The older I get, I know I'm only in my 40s, but I have realized there are more and more people that are passing away like ever before. It's just crazy. My uncle, my cousins, this this past week or year, and the funeral yesterday grew up with this kid, and on and on and on and on. And I could take a microphone and pass it around. How many has lost a loved one this year? Look at the hands. I mean, it's, it's just everywhere. But this is one of the things that helps you get through is when you believe the promises of God. And I get joy when you hear revelations, how God talks about that he will wipe away every tear and, 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 and no more pain, no more crying, no more mourning for the former things that's passed away. When you begin to read of these scriptures and you believe these promises, the joy of the Lord will begin to fill your soul and will begin to fill your heart. I can't wait to get into heaven one day and see my family and see those that I, that I know that is up 
help there. It's going to be rejoicing forevermore. There's going to be no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more backaches, headache, neck ache, leg ache, no more of that. You're going to have a new body, a new name. You're going to sit at the Lamb's book of Supper of the Lord and eat good. Come on, somebody. Just think about those scriptures that you have. In Corinthians, it says, when we think about the promises of God, it brings forth joy. Think about that today. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And that joy will begin to strengthen you. And that joy will begin to give you this, this strength that you didn't even have before. Come on, let us stand. Let me give you the last one. I think I'm going to have to re-preach this one. The last one is building the kingdom of God, and this brings us to Nehemiah. (laughs) Nehemiah, this is where Nehemiah said to the people, he says, we have made it this far because of your sacrifice and because of you building on on the wall. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Whenever we help build the kingdom of God, we do it with joy. And when you, do it, when you do it because you're happy, the joy of the Lord, man, just fills your soul. There is something about help supporting the kingdom of God, help promoting the work of God. Jesus said, when you give somebody a cup of cold water in my name, you will not lose your reward. I, I, one of our brothers in the church showed me a picture of something they did for the church. And, and I said, man, that looks awesome. And, and I love what the, the response was. They said, it gave me their greatest joy than I've ever had at any day at my work to do that for the house of God. I'm telling you, man, you get here, and that's how everyone's been working and blessing and cleaning the church. We've got three or four teams, I think, that clean the church now. There are people that are joining the cleaning team, and and every time I say thank you, they go, no, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to help keep the house of God clean. How many appreciate the house of God being clean today, by the way? Amen? I'm telling you, there, there is a joy when we, I don't regret anything that I do for God or anything that I did for the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah said. And church, we've been working hard here. We've been working and building and coming straight from work. And we had one of our team leads stay at 2 o'clock in the morning. I can't make it past 11. We've had so many of you that volunteer and work. And, and, and do what needs to be done in this building. And every time I hear you, you say, man, it's a joy to do it. Let us not lose that. Let us not lose that. Lose that. God loves a cheerful giver. Don't let the enemy rob your joy. And so how do I get joy when I'm working on this? I realize that you are working on the kingdom of God. You are doing something that's going to impact families and impact people. Did you see the families get dedicated to the Lord today? They're in the house of God today. They belong to God. They're a part of our church. Our River Kids is going to be blessed. Children from all over the community, all over. Your, your kids are already being blessed. Youth ministry, everything. This place, this is what this is. It's a house of God where people are learning to get set free and learning to live for God. It's a privilege. That's what people are saying. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to paint. Some of you that can't paint, don't paint. Amen. It's not a privilege. Amen. (laughs) But you say, hey, I can't paint, but I'll help do this. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for bringing a meal. Thank you for, for whatever you do. I just want to encourage you today, man. 
This is how you get joy. There's joy in serving. If our God could come down here to planet Earth and take a towel and put it around him and walk over and wash the feet of some dirty over man named Peter and wash his feet, God, washing feet. Peter said, don't do that. He says, if you don't let me do this, you have no part in what I'm doing here. Because serving is not about titles, but about towels. You say, Pastor Eddie, I got a degree, man. I will be your new youth pastor. I got my degree in theology. Well, I'll say to them, do you know how to work a scissor lift? Can you hang drywall? Can you help us paint? I'm, impre- I'm impressed that you went to school and there's nothing wrong with that. I love God. I, I love get educated, go further as you can with it. But we got to keep our servant attitude in our heart that everything we're doing isn't for me, isn't for our neighbor. It's unto God. Everything I give is for you, God. Everything I do is for you, God. It's for your house, Lord. Then the joy of the Lord, as Nehemiah said, will come into your body and that is your strength. Hallelujah. 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 Father, I thank you for your word today. It was good to be in the house of God today. Thank you for your worship. Thank you for all the things that you have done and all the things you're doing even right now. You're repositioning some perspectives today. You're realigning some hearts today. You're asking and drawing people into a deeper relationship with you today. Hallelujah. That joy is needing to come back. That joy is needing to come back in many people's lives today. Whether it be they lost a loved one, Father, we're going to rejoice in your promises that we're going to see them again whether it is anything that's trying to rob us of our joy. We're going to get into your presence right now. Can we just do that right now? Lift your hands and let's get into the presence of God again right now with our worship. Hallelujah. I'm going to open these altars. These altars are always open. But if you need a a formal invitation, it's open right now. If you want to come out of your seat and worship in these altars, then you can. If you need to give your life to Jesus today, I want you to come up to the front. We're going to pray with you today. Hallelujah. But I'm opening up these altars if you want to come today into these altars and let's just worship together. Get into his presence right now in Jesus' name. Let me have my altar teams up here. Come on, on, guys. Come on, guys. And if you want to get in the altars today for prayer or for anything today, you can come on up and you can get prayer. Or if you want to kneel at the altar and pray by yourself, you can. But these altars are open. Come on, let's end this service the right way. Let's get into his presence today. Let's worship him. Let this word go down into our hearts today. In Jesus' name, come on. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.